from the first letter to the Thessalonians. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for, destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we wake or sleep, we might live with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A talent is an amount of money, legal tender. In the case of Jesus' parable of the talents, it's quite a large sum of money. One talent is probably worth an amount equal to more than 15 years' wages for a laborer. The man going on the journey and leaving these men in charge of some of his money entrusts them then with a great responsibility. They're not to increase their abilities. They're supposed to be responsible, and they have a lot for which to be responsible. We could be lulled into thinking this parable is about our gifts and our abilities and how to make them grow. It is not about that. We need to keep in mind that this parable is just one of five parables Jesus preached on the coming of the Messiah at the great last day. This parable of the talents is one, the thief coming in the night, the faithful and unfaithful servants, the parable of the ten virgins, and the sheep and the goats. They're all about the coming of the Lord in judgment. They're all parables aiding our Lord in teaching about the coming of the Son of Man, himself, at the judgment at the great last day. If you read the whole thing, he's wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount. He's building to a big finish. Quite rightly and appropriately, he's wrapping it up with talking about the coming at the great last day. Here's the big finish. We will see the Son of Man, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from the, from the end, from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus is teaching about his final appearance, his arrival at the last day. The word is parousia. The Greek word simply means an arrival, a coming, a presence. In fact, the word parousia is most frequently used in referring to Christ coming again at the final judgment. He promised he would. He promised he would be back. And we declare each Sunday in the Nicene Creed that that's what we believe. We say, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. In this parable of the talents, it is the great last day. 
the master has returned and the servants or the tenants have to give an accounting for what they did with their talents. How responsible have they been with what's been entrusted to them? St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians is written at a time when the parousia is very much on the minds of the Christians in Thessalonica. The ancient church thought more and prayed more about the coming of the Lord Jesus. They were anticipating Jesus' coming very soon. They are anxious, and rightly so. The coming of the Lord spells a judgment for them. And that's not just a judgment for one period. It's a judgment for all time. They're likely on edge, and rightly so. But that's the reason that we hear St. Paul trying to comfort them. And he comforts them with words like this. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we wake or sleep, we might live with him. The Thessalonians should and can live in hope, and not only hope, but faith and love as well. Why? Why can they do that? Because of the work that Christ did for them in suffering and dying on the cross for the salvation of all. That should give them great hope. Because the Thessalonians are children of light and not death, because they are God's people of the day and not night, because they are not asleep but awake, they are not drunk but they're sober, they have Christ with them even now. He's not present with them and has been with them since their baptism. He, but he's not present with them in the way that he will be at the final great last day. But he's present with them nonetheless to get them in a certain way from now until the great last day. You see, it's the same Christ coming at the last judgment day as is with them now. Remember a couple of weeks ago on All Saints Sunday when we baptized five souls? Immediately after each was baptized, a lighted candle was given to them, and they were told this. Receive the light of Christ, that when the bridegroom cometh, thou mayest go out to meet him. That line comes from one of these parousia parables, where the wise maidens, because they are ready, could go out and meet the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, and get to the marriage feast, heaven. The Holy Ghost is with the Christians here to guide, direct, protect, forgive, and heal all of the time that they're preparing and anticipating the same Christ to come and get them whenever he comes as the parousia. 
Today's parousia parable has Jesus teach us that while we're waiting, we do have responsibilities. And one is to grow in the faith. Remember, the two faithful servants took the talents the master gave them, doubled the amount of the talents. And the master comes, they report on their 100% return on their investment. And met with them, they were met with the moniker, good and faithful servant. The servant that did nothing with his talent, but lived in fear, is titled wicked and slothful. Until the master comes, you see, we have a responsibility to practice our faith. And not just practice it, but to deepen it. We move forward in anticipation, and we battle any anxiety over the bridegroom coming. Our anticipation of facing the parousia actually will determine what we do now. What actions will we do to move forward while we're waiting? Evidently, doing nothing is not an option. What are we doing to live in hope and not fear? Well, we can go right back to St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians because he quite wonderfully gives us very practical steps because he's giving them to the Thessalonians. What does he say? St. Paul's letter says, because remember the Thessalonians need to be encouraged by Paul, he immediately tells them that they should move forward with this instruction. Encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And he then continues with some very practical, not suggestions, he continues with some practical instructions as if we're supposed to be doing them. So this provides us with some clear answers. We are in the same church as the Thessalonians. We are operating under the, operating under the same Holy Ghost as those Thessalonians. And it strikes me that our watchword while we're waiting for our Lord to come could be, don't just stand there, do something. You want to prepare? Here's what St. Paul says. Respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Sometimes it's not easy to love your priests, and sometimes it is easy to love your priests. But keep in mind, until you actually go to meet Jesus at your earthly death, or at the parousia, your ministers are trying to do the work that God has given them to do. Another practical instruction, be at peace among yourselves. If there is discord among you, do not increase the discord. Get to work beyond the discord. Decrease the grief. Increase the peace. St. Paul continues. Again, very practical advice 
for these preparations. Admonish the idlers. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that none of you repays evil for evil. Seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying. Test everything. Now, can you think of a more practical list of things to be doing that would prepare us for the parousia? None of these preparations is easy, but they're necessary. The anticipation of the great last day doesn't just shape the Christian's life. It actually directs and guides our lives here in the present. Our prayer should be to continue praying for the coming of the Lord. Rely on the Holy Spirit to come into your life, not just once. Rely on the Holy Spirit to come into your life again and again. Help you. The Holy Spirit will help you with the preparations. And if we are preparing for the parousia, it won't matter when Jesus comes. He can come in the day or night. He can come in the next twinkling of an eye. He can come in the next eon or two. It won't matter because the preparations were being made. We know our responsibilities. And if we're meeting them in accordance with the Holy Spirit, then at the end of our lives on this earth, or at the end of time, comes salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.